Welcome to So What'd You Think. Uh, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we will discuss a film that we have both just watched the first time. Uh, this week I brought on a guest. His name is Matt Parker. Well, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, everyone. Uh, I've been on this on this station a couple times now. Sometimes yeah. uh, Aziz Saladin, who you might know me as. <laughs> yeah, uh, any diehard fans yeah, out there listening I think, right now? I think they're listening uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Thank you to all my fans. Yeah. I have a big following on Instagram. It's about uh, twenty-three thousand people. Really, I don't. I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the numbers. You can check mm. the stats. Yeah, um, yeah. It's objectively, of, yeah. yeah. So I appreciate all those fans. Every one of them is tuned in right now, um, and I appreciate all of you. Yeah, the dedicated out. fans. One a.m. right now. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's and cool. actually, a lot of them are on the East Coast, so it's uh, four a.m. right now for them. Oh wow, even more, even better. I think that's... a lot of them just got up early rather than um. Mm-hmm. You know, staying, staying up late, late yeah. Yeah, 4 a.m. is at that weird time slot where it's, is it staying up late, you're getting up early, you know? Yeah. It's that dead yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so the movie we watched this week was A Clockwork Orange, and uh, Matt, you've actually seen this movie, so I yeah, give a little background to that real quick. Uh, about my having seen it? Yeah, like, you've seen it like, what, four I, yeah, or five yeah, times Yeah, I've now? seen it a couple times. Um, I'm not sure, you know, when the first time I saw it was. Um, I think it was the first Kubrick movie I saw, uh, so that's why I'm such a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. And I personally think it's one of the best movies ever. It might be my favorite movie. I generally, like, when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I would say, like, 80% of the time I name A Clockwork Orange. Um, it's a weird movie to pick as your favorite movie, I feel like. Yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, okay, I like understand your personality. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't know. It's like... Yeah, I just really like it. I don't know what it is. I just think it's super like creative and mm-hmm. subversive and well done and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, normally for the show, like we both get like me and the guests have not seen this movie, but this is the first time that I've, I've let the guests have seen the movie. <laughs> and I think you kind of convinced me, but I think it'll be interesting to hear because yeah. this, this is a movie that has so many layers to it. And it's, there's so many things that is kind of confusing or <laughs> I, I don't know, the things that I definitely missed. And so I think it will be good to hear some of your insight on that. There's a lot going um, on. Yeah, and you're you're writing a paper on it right now too. So I am. Uh, yeah, so yes. you better come in with some 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 fire. Yeah, uh, discussion points. Hopefully, here. Professor Reyes is listening and will give me extra credit for this podcast. Ah, exactly. You should just submit He's, it too. Like, yeah, just get, give it a link. I actually might. I could just cite this podcast. Do it. Yeah, it'll give me some <laughs> more streams. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh. Yeah. So we'll start off with some uh, brief. Spoiler-free thoughts before we go into this for people who haven't seen the movie. Um, so yeah, uh, so what do you think on your fifth viewing? <laughs> um, general thoughts. I think that there's still a lot to unpack. Five. I'm gonna go with five viewings in. Yeah. Um, I I think that every time I sort of forget how graphic it is going in. Uh-huh. Um, I I think you just I, somehow I just always forget that. Um, yeah, but it is, an, yeah, it's an extremely <laughs> graphic movie. Um, and I also totally forgot that there, there is a soundtrack for most of it. There's not a lot of moments where it's silent or just natural sound. It's a lot, mm. a lot of music, um, a lot of classical music, which no. Kubrick Ludwig does a lot. Von. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of Ludwig. Ludwig von, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. That's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually really like this movie. So I've seen most of Kubrick's movies. This is, like, one of the few ones I probably haven't seen. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely more on the experimental side, I think, of his, like, filmography. But it's it's good. I think it took me a little while to get into it. I think the first act, I was mostly confused. I didn't even, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the plot. 
I think they kind of throw you in with like hardly to none expositional like thing. Like they just they throw you in to mm-hmm. these like four people doing these crimes, and so I think it took me a little while to like understand what was happening. And once he like got caught, and then the plot I think kind of became a little more coherent for me. Um, but it's definitely really interesting. I think there's a lot to unpack, and there's a lot that I think I need to like think about more. <laughs> so I need to like kind of process a lot of it. Um, yeah. But it's definitely really good. And there's uh, technically it's like really well made and like the camera work is really cool. The score is really good. Like Matthew McDowell is like really good as like the main guy. Mm-hmm. Um I I think it's not really a movie for entertainment purposes. It's it's mm-hmm. more of like it's it, yeah, like it's more intellectual <laughs> and more like I don't know, just like a experimental thought piece on the state of cinema rather than like something for people to like go with their families to see um i think that's kind of why i like it so much because it's not it's not trying to be like you know a blockbuster hit at all right yeah that's interesting because yeah there are i would say you can almost define movies into two categories of like entertainment versus like art maybe and i think a some movies blur that like line better and like how they like, can be both like mm-hmm. and appeal to like the masses but also like appeal to like a high culture too um but i think this one kind of isolates that and is mainly meant for like an intellectual standpoint it's almost like a piece of just like art like you look at it and you like think about it and like ponder the thoughts and like what it was like the like ideas it was going for yeah um but it's like it's it's like entertaining, but like it's it's meant for deeper analysis. Honestly, yeah. I mean it's it's entertaining just because Kubrick knows how to make like a like a hit movie. Like he mm-hmm. he can do it, and I think those like sort of components and the plot points, um, and like costume design and the budget is all there to make it like a full <clears throat> production. But that was i don't think at all his intention i think his intention was to make this like statement piece that's super artistic and uh just like confused the shit out of everyone basically <laughs> yeah yeah i mean this is coming off of like 2001 a space odyssey too right this, i think this was his next film right uh yeah i, I think that that could be right that's, yeah so maybe maybe that's also that. yeah you can you can look that up that's what i'm talking but I feel like that may have also been part of it. People have like had seen that movie, and then he comes off and makes this movie. That's like probably his second most experimental film that he made. Um, mm-hmm. So that that could also be part of it. Um, yeah, this 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 was the film right after. Um, Two thousand one. Right after two thousand one. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know exactly um, like his thought process behind that, that or anything, but. Um, yeah, I want to go into specifics now, so we're gonna we're gonna go into spoilers now. Spoiler? So. Do you have a, like sound effects? You should have a no, soundboard. I should add that. Like, like you blah, could, blah, can you like, add it afterwards? I don't know I if could, you edit yeah. these. I do. Yeah. Pod- yeah, you could do I sound could effects. Do that. Spoiler, like a. Yeah, like spoiler. Like, just, like, yeah. La- yeah. There you go. I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so yeah, so I think I there are things that I like notice and I, I feel like there were things in the film that have deeper meaning but I may not have understood it so I'm curious because you've seen it multiple times mm-hmm. and you like this movie so much that you might have answers to some of these yeah so I'm gonna throw some of these things at you okay. see if you have Get anything me. um so when he dresses up at night and he like goes to these like people's places or whatever and mm-hmm. he has like long eyelashes in one eye and then he has like normal eye on the other side yeah what, what, what do you think about that? <laughs> Tough question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like one of the most iconic images in the film. The like yeah. the eyelashes on one eye. I think. I mean, part of it has to speak to sort of the duality of his character, where he's like, yeah. at night he's like dressing up to do this these heinous acts and. In the daytime, he's, like, trying to act like this good kid to his parents who's, you know, sick, and that's why he can't go to school or just, you know, trying to be an upstanding citizen in the daytime, theoretically. Um, Mm. So I think that's part of what it is. Um, I think it might also have to do with sort of the, like, fluid sexuality throughout the film. Um, And, like, eyelashes, generally speaking, are something that women will put on. Um, But in this sort of world and environment it's 
it's just a costume design for anyone or costume right. whatever. Yeah. Okay. That, that's interesting. Well, I definitely want to get into like the sexuality aspect of this film later. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's definitely something with duality there. Like, yeah, like by having that, it's like very clear that, okay, there's like two versions of himself and it's like one, it could be this daytime or nighttime. One could also be like later on, like when he's like cured versus not cured, like, is he still this like free spirit versus like this tamed by society figure or something? Mm -hmm. So it could be like foreshadowing what's to come maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm just like spitballing, but like... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm curious because like they make it such like this iconic image and they keep like showing it throughout that there's like there's definitely something behind that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So another question, he wears like a like a girdle thing almost. He does. This is part of the costume, and I think all the other guys wear that too. Yeah. What do you what's behind that? Is that just part of like the costume they wear? I think, I think that more has to do with like the excessive phallic imagery and like mm-hmm. mask masculinity part of it like it's like bringing attention to their dicks okay like i don't know i'm not really entirely sure maybe it's just like a protection thing so that like i mean they hit each other in the balls a lot so maybe it's just like a safety (laughs) thing yeah i like to think it's the former i think yeah yeah, i think there's definitely like a lot of like phallic imagery yeah and yeah i'm curious if maybe it's like this sort of like masculinity complex thing like they trying to prove like they're like more powerful than other people and that's why they like beat people up and like rape people is like to show they're like like masculine I think that's side. Part of it. and so like by like drawing attention to their dicks it like yeah it reinforces that masculine yeah thing. it's also not even that good of it's not like a jock strap or anything like you can hit it right. and it like it still hurts it's not <laughs> it's not an effective uh piece of armor but right. That's, that's yeah. neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, like, the nose then that he wears, too, as part of the mask, just adds to, like, the phallic imagery, probably yeah. then. As well, well. In, this, in this scene where he's, like, in the writer's house raping his wife, the, like, you think that the nose is a penis in one shot, like, just the way that the shots progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely parallels a lot to that. And then, just like I kind of, I was confused a little bit by. So when he that the lady after that, the one you just referred to, the one where he like breaks in, and she calls the police, and where he yeah. a- eventually gets caught. Mm-hmm. Like, what was up with like her having all this like phallic imagery and all these like naked women on the walls and stuff? Like, why was she so interested in that? <laughs> I don't know. She was a weird lady. And, like, did they know that going in? Like, when he walked in the apartment, was he surprised that he saw that? I think he was surprised because he made that comment about her being, like, a naughty whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they were expecting that. The the other thing is, I couldn't tell. I guess that was her home because she was, like, holding it for someone. I'm not sure exactly what was up with all that imagery. Yeah. Um, I think it just sort of furthers this idea there's also like there's a lot of not just with alex and his droogs but throughout the entire society there's a lot of like phallic imagery like the mural in his hallway has like dicks spray painted on all these figures and um, yeah i remember noticing uh, that so i think it's it's just more speaking to like the culture and i think also the fact that like there's this giant penis and she's like don't touch it like that's a very important art piece and like it's literally just like a big ass penis um i think like it's got to be some sort of comment on like the progression of art and sexuality and how like we sort of are conflating the two um Uh and how like i don't know exactly what yeah. it means. Maybe, I, maybe it's kind of a meta too. Like the film is blurring the line between like art yeah. and sexuality as well. I like, think there's that. I think, um, I think the fact that like she thinks of this thing as an art piece and he uses it as like a murder weapon um, is pretty interesting. Yeah, and it kind of blurs like sex and violence as well. Like, yeah, I think like, that's something that they definitely try to do. Like every time mm-hmm. that there's sex, there's violence. Yeah. For the most part. Even in the 
the one scene that maybe is not is the threesome, the like time lapse threesome. Oh yeah. But I think that I it's hard to tell because it's time lapse. But I think it might still be that he's raping these two girls. I think he is because they Cause they they keep they, trying to leave and he, yeah he, they would get dressed and then he brings them back in. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's any sexual scene without violence. Right. And oh. almost all of the sexual scenes, too, are rape. So, like, that mm-hmm. just implies violence as well. Like, right. So, yeah. No, I agree. And that's definitely, like, on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. Another thing I want to be cleared up with. So, I don't really understand the goal of what these, like, the drug, drugs or whatever that, that we're doing. Like, so, like, the first person they beat up is, like, a homeless man. And then the second one, I think they they beat up people that were rapists, right? There was people in camouflage that were on the stage and they were raping a girl, well, right? Yeah, that's not why they were beating them up though. They're just that's just like another like gang that like they know and they just Oh, uh, okay. Cuz like I mean, in the scene right after that, they go and rape someone. So it's not like they're taking issue exactly. with the rape so or anything. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, yeah. is there making some stance like they're like these vigilantes like stopping but then they like go on the next no, scene and they rape this I think they're wife. they're just trying to like <laughs> cause as much violence and chaos as they can. Okay. Um I think they're just like they're taking I mean the milk is like drugs. So they're like taking drugs and going out and like committing oh, I don't violence. Think I fully yeah. realize that. Okay. It like okay. the like milk plus is like it's like enhanced milk. Because it's okay. like a bar, so it's like maybe alcohol or like amphetamines or something is in that. Okay, milk. I thought they were just like adult men drinking milk. And I was like, <laughs> that's like creepy in and of itself. Like, yeah, I, it I was kind of into it. No, <laughs> it's, like... it no, it's, it's definitely like creepy that they pick milk as the as how you administer these. Right, I feel like milk yeah. by drinking, like a man drinking milk, is the creepiest thing. Like, I feel like and that's like a thing. I feel like in movies too, like like Inglorious Bastards does that. Like, have you seen that movie? Yeah. When do in they the, drink? In the opening scene. Oh, oh uh, yeah. yeah. After he like. Yeah. Or in Get Out when she's drinking milk at the end. Yeah, like the drinking the milk and the cereal separately. There's there's so many other. It's 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 creepy whenever they do it. Yeah. It's just so weird that <laughs> <laughs> they've turned milk into this like creepy thing, but. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't realize the milk was drugs too, but that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think their whole, their whole thing is they're just, they're just committing violent acts for the sake of committing violent acts. I mean, there's, in some of them, there's like they want to steal money or like, like they want to have sex, but it's mostly I think just violence for violence's sake. And he, like, at the start when they're beating up the homeless man and then he's trying to justify it with, like, I, these people, like, don't work or whatever. Um, right. It's, like, complete bullshit because they go into the house of somebody and do the same thing. Um, yeah. So that's what I was wondering at first because, like, okay, they were trying to justify this, like, beating up the homeless man. And, like, I thought they were, like, trying to prevent someone, like, like yeah, the, these no, other people that no. were rapists. That was so, just like, another, oh, so like, they group try to be, yeah, okay. that they fight with occasionally i guess okay so that okay that clears that actually up for me okay and then another question what do you what's what do you think the meaning is behind them singing singing in the rain other than the fact that they call it back later and that's how the the writer realizes that he is the person i mean i think it's the the sort of like carefree attitude that especially alex has when he's doing all these things I think it's just showing that he really, like, he is literally happy when he's, mm-hmm. like, killing and raping and doing whatever. Like, that is what is bringing him joy. It's sort of cementing his, like, perversion and not necessarily insanity, but, like, just how f- fucked up he is. And that scene, actually, um, he, like, improvised the, the singing in the rain part. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Fun fact. Okay. Yeah, because, like, we, I watched Singing in the Rain for one of my film classes, and, like, we, uh, that part in the movie is, like, he's, he's singing in the rain because he's so happy that he doesn't care that it's raining. Like, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't wear an umbrella. He's just dancing in the rain and getting all wet, but he doesn't care because he's so happy. Like, I wonder if that's, like, a parallel to what's happening there. Like, all this violence is and he's and rape is happening around him and but he's like enjoying it like he's like happy like yeah. that he's living in this i think it's it's that is what it is he's just happy to 
like be killing. And like the other time he sings it is when he's sitting in the bath after this whole ordeal and he's finally relaxed. So it's when he's right. like when the, he's like most yeah when relaxed. he's when he's most relaxed when he's most happy is when he starts singing this. Um, right. And then maybe not, but like at the, in the credits they play it too. So maybe that's like the audience finally being relaxed or something. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. finally we can be like released. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm also just kind of surprised at like what they could show with this movie. You you said you you mentioned this like before that they didn't really get to be able to screen this when this came out in 1972. Yeah, I think it was it was banned for I'm not sure how long, but it like. This movie was right after they had started relaxing some of the restrictions in Hollywood. Um, so part of, I think, what Kubrick was doing was trying to push those like new lack of regulations as far as he could and just see like what he could get away with. And it was obviously very much like too much for most people. Um, and I... I think that there was a lot of like public outcry about it and then he himself was like all right like I'm going like I'm going to pull this like nobody is going to watch this movie mm-hmm. um and then eventually people came around to it and uh and it was screened but yeah there was definitely a delay cuz it like it is so graphic that there like right. there were protests about it. I'm I'm going to going to do some googling yeah, because like I, like I would say, movies probably like five, six years before that could like the restrictions were. So, I feel like much stricter for that. Like I don't think they could show like, the amount of nudity or violence or like. Yeah, I I, I was surprised in 1972 that they could actually show that movie, <laughs> or like that was released, and I don't know. But yeah, so that that makes sense actually if it was banned for a little while at least. Um, but yeah, moving just moving on from that, um, you can oh, let me so, know if you find yeah, so, something about it. Um, in the U.S., uh, it was first rated X, and they had to make some edits to get it down to an R rating. And um, the National Catholic Office for Motion Pictures rated it condemned. So like Roman Catholics were not allowed to see it by the, the church. Oh wow! Obviously, this is not like a real. Right. You know, like it was still being screened or whatever. But Roman Catholics were not supposed to have seen it. Um, and let's see. In in the UK, I think there was a little more. Yeah, it, it was withdrawn from British release in 1973 at Kubrick's request just because, um, like, people thought that it was causing violence. Like, people thought that, violence was being committed because people had seen it in this film and then were taking it, like, doing it in real life. Um, whether that's true or not, oh, like, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. And that's the whole argument, like, how video games like, affect yeah. like, people's actual behavior. Like, and, that, I mean, that's... he like, he sort of talks... I, that's sort of addressed in the film, where it's, like, does... Like, what does watching all this violence do? Because for Alex, okay. it's watching the violence that's supposed to cure him. Um, but... In reality, like people always make the argument that watching violence causes violence, and I, I think in some ways Kubrick is saying that that's, that's not true because everybody is watching this movie and you're not all, you know, going out and killing people. That's fair. And in the movie though, like when he goes through that therapy, like they kind of what they mm-hmm. do is like they're associating what he's watching though with like this like pain because yeah. like he's like being tortured as he's doing it. Yeah. So I think it's, like, that's also part of it is that he's, like, the torture is what makes him not want to do it. Like, that, it's the association he makes. So, like, whenever he thinks of violence or sex afterward, it's right. he associated with the torture. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, he may be making, like, the opposite point of what people make about violence mm-hmm. in movies influences your behavior. It's also the idea that, like, Alex has to be forced to watch all this violence but we, the audience, are watching this same violence and, like, like we're not upset by it and, like, we're choosing to watch all of this, which is a weird statement on the audience. And it's, like, further highlighted by the fact that in the clips that Alex watches, the people committing the acts of violence are dressed like Alex and his friends dressed, 
um, when they go out and do like you know whatever. Um, so it's literally like Alex is seeing the same things that we see, and I, I mean he's being given this drug, but right. like he is having these extreme violent reactions and like has to be forced to watch this and like this is the clips being shown to him are like the worst of the worst like it's you get shots of like nazi rallies at the same time as violent acts that are the same as the acts that we're watching in this film so it's sort of Mm -hmm. like making fun of the audience saying you guys are just as bad as like anyone in this film Okay, yeah, dang. Okay, so it's interesting. So you think Kubrick is making a message on, like, society and that we're, like, enjoying this, like, graphic entertainment and, like, we're part of the problem almost? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of it is about sort of the decline of society or decline of civilization um, with, like, the violence and the... Um, I mean, you sort of see it in the sets where it, like there's just trash everywhere and like sort of chaos being masked by this like fake orderliness um yeah i think the violence is definitely part of that that argument yeah so i mean i kind of led into my next question which was like what is the message of the movie then i mean you kind of i guess answer that you think it's that kubrick is making a message on society that we are like enjoying the violence i think that's part of it i don't know what the overall what did what do you think that the overall message of the film was yeah i don't really know well so some some of the things i want to talk about is i think what they also talk on is like whether violent behavior is like innate and like you're born with it or if it's like learned behavior and like you can be cured from it it's like so I think that's like a huge argument that could be made in this movie and at the end it kind of sounds like that he was not cured because at the end he like has this dream of like this sex at the end and then he's like they cured me like in this like snarky tone and the movie ends so it's like saying yeah I'm born this way you can't cure me well I think I think they do I mean obviously not cure him because he still has all these thoughts but I think when he when he talks to that nurse about oh i had this dream that they were like all these doctors were messing with my brain um i think what happened is that he like he still had that association but while he was unconscious like the government realized that they could not like have him be in this state because if people saw him like that they would just further that idea that he's been tortured so they like they went in and reverted him back like they figured out whatever they had to to revert him back to his original state um so like they had in some ways fixed him and then they also brought him back because that just suited their political mean like whatever they wanted to do so you think he was like actually cured and then they fit like they reverted it back just for their own oh oh, okay because when he says that he had that dream it, I don't think it's a dream. I think that's, like, that did happen. Right. Like, doctors, doctors were I, I fiddling that, with his brain. Okay. And that's why, like, when he gets shown those images, he's, like, his brain is, like, re-whatever, connecting. So, like... So that the, was the purpose of the test, was to be, like... To make sure are, that... Are you actually violent and... Yeah, like, to okay. make sure that he was back to his regular old self. And that's why I think it took, like, a couple tries. Like, the first thing, he was just saying nonsense, and then the second one was just, like just like violent like it didn't really make sense but it was just like violence and then by the third one he was back to having like his witty remarks about violence and sex oh okay so it was just like a process of getting his brain to get back into its old habits that's what i think okay okay um, interesting so I, I okay i didn't realize that they had like tampered with it again and like had fixed them okay so i kind of thought like the from what I had, like, left out of the movie, I thought, like, they had just cured him, like, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and that it just didn't work, and that he, like, he, it had worked for a while, but he just, like, he, yeah. he eventually reverted back himself because, like, he's born that way. Uh, yeah, I don't think he reverted back himself. I think it was either the suicide attempt or more likely, like, doctors messing with him again that brought him back because, 
up until that suicide attempt, he was still like completely affected. Like he was, they they were playing Beethoven and he couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes into this hospital. He's unconscious. Doctors are possibly messing with him, and then they're playing Ludwig van, and he's totally fine with it. Like he's happy. So right. Huh. I feel like I kind of liked it better when I thought. That they didn't tamper uh, they with it. Yeah, I don't know because I think it added like an interesting argument of like like innate versus like learned behavior. Well, I think that argument is still there. Um, yeah, but it, like in my head originally it was more open ended. I think now it's just kind of like oh they tamper with this, so like, it's very cut and dry now. It's like they cured him and then they they fixed him. They're, like, but I think the the argument is still like because he never didn't have those thoughts. Like when he. What he what was happening was he was having a painful reaction to the thoughts. Uh-huh. So it was never that his like innate desires were cured. It was kind of what that priest said that like he doesn't have a choice. He's not he's not actually you know cured and is moral or anything. Like the the priest's idea is that this like he was on the path to becoming moral because he was reading the Bible and he was learning about morality and you know, being a good citizen, and this is not actually curing him. This is just a physical thing where it's like he's... Because, like, when that that dude is, like, you know, trying to fight him or whatever, he wants to punch him. Or, like, when Joe is, like, telling him how worthless he is, he wants to punch Joe, and he just physically can't do it. So it's not like... Like, he hasn't really been cured ever. It was just this, like, chemical thing. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I feel because like, I feel like the obvious comparison, like parallel here, is like gay conversion therapy and like, like how that works and like that's just like a chemical thing, I guess that they kind of mm-hmm. do. So like it's not fixing you because it's not something you can't fix. It's just like something that like prevents your brain from like reacting in the normal way, I guess. Yeah. So that, I, don't I, know, yeah. I, I think it's that. Like, I think it could also be a comment on like how we just like prescribe medicine for like mental issues like how you just you're supposed to like take a pill and you know be good to go um Mm. but it doesn't maybe like doesn't fix the underlying issues okay yeah that's right i didn't didn't really extend it to that that's interesting which is probably true to yeah to an extent like people like will be on all these pills and all these medicine but it really just like makes you foggy or hazy and like or you Mm -hmm. like don't feel like you're you're fully yourself yeah um yeah Mm. yeah that's interesting okay um let's see um what what are things that you noticed that like you picked up this time um that you didn't notice like prior to this Um, I, i noticed a lot of comedy in it that i hadn't like specifically noticed before like it, it has a lot of sort of like cheeky bits. Um, I noticed a lot. Comedy has like the rule of threes. I noticed a lot of threes. Like the first, the first three scenes all open the exact same way with an extreme close up, zooming out to a wide shot, mm-hmm. um, and that not necessarily like funny, but like it's kind of interesting. Um, the the line when he has to stand behind the line. That happens like three times. It's it's like kind of funny when he has to like oh, yeah. stand there and reach over the thing. Uh-huh. Um, they have him sign this paper three times. Then they have the doctor sign the paper three times. Um, yeah, I noticed a bunch of threes. Okay. Uh, huh. I also noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. But I think that when they're in that mall with the record, I don't know what you want to call that store area. Yeah. Um, I think the set is a circle, and I didn't see any exits or entrances, because the first, the first shot is that, that girl in the white, um, and she's in the shot, and he sort of walks around, and then comes back, and I think it's just like this circle, and I don't know if, if that's just like how they designed the set, and they thought people wouldn't notice, or if that was an intentional choice. Um, well, so assume that is like intentional. Yeah, I, I, I think like it's it probably gotta be. is. Like, what what does that necessarily mean? Like, there's no, 
like, I don't, like what is that? Like, there's, if there's no entry or exit, like, so, so, like... I'm not sure exactly what it means. I think it, it sort of has to do with, like, the, the drudgery of this society and how, like, people are just sort of spinning their wheels and, like, nothing is happening. You see it in the prison scene, too, where, like, their free time is they're literally walking in this circle in the courtyard. Um, or, like... Yeah, it could also be, like, there's no entry or exit. It's, like, no one has a choice to be included in this. Everyone, like, is just forced, like, involuntarily to be in this society that, like, dictates this kind of thing. So, like, these girls mm-hmm. that he, like, goes and picks up and then, like, brings back to his, like, apartment, like, they were just there and there was no way they could enter or exit freely. They... Yeah. Just like there, and he, they had to deal with that. So this could be like a maybe a message on society that like people aren't don't have a choice. They're trapped. Yeah. Yeah, like trapped. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I this it was the first time I noticed. So I I noticed a lot of circles, a lot of threes. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know about like what the threes necessarily mean, other than maybe just like it threes like people were drawn to having three like it just like flows better like to like mm-hmm. uh, like a viewer like yeah yeah i don't know um i was yeah. trying to figure out like what the different songs meant like when they used which songs in which contexts but uh, it was too hard to follow that so i <laughs> <laughs> but i was trying yeah huh yeah, no, I, I I couldn't pick up on that probably <laughs> on the first reading. But so another thing I have like that I'm curious what you think is like so when after he's like released and he's like so called cured and he eventually like runs into the writer at his like apartment and they start torturing him and like they bring over those two other people and they start torturing him, they to me it felt like they paralleled what he did with his friends to other people. Like they were torturing them and raping them, and now these people who hit, they had literally done that too are now doing it back to him and are torturing him. Mm-hmm. And is that like, is that like a message that like to society or something that like everyone is all the same? Like we're looking at these these friends as if they're like these horrible people, but really the the victims are just equally as horrible. Yeah, I think it could be. I think that makes sense. It's also. I mean that that totally makes sense to me. It's also a group of four who's torturing him, mm-hmm. and it was a group of four who like went into the writer's house. Uh, right. So I think I think that definitely makes sense, and you can see how much joy that writer is getting from his revenge. Right. Like he almost looks like more maniacal than like, or maybe equally as maniacal as like Alex did whenever he was acting on that. Yeah. Like, and I feel like the writer's, like, character shift, like, just shifts entirely into, like, this victim into, like, the abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Alex shifts from the abuser to the victim. But at the same time, it's like, what would you do in that situation? Like, the guy, I I think, I don't know exactly if, I mean, Alex killed the wife. I think that might be a little, that might be an invention of the writer. But it's uh-huh. definitely true that he came in and, like, raped the wife and beat up this guy so that he was paralyzed um like if you had that guy in your house and you could just lock him up and play beethoven and like like all you're doing is playing beethoven realistically like you're not physically doing anything um that's just like that's the idea of like removing yourself from the situation but like it's still equally as torturing i mean no it's definitely torture yeah but it's just like because he's just like pressing a button and then can like walk away from the scene, like it feels like it's less, but it's like equally as impactful. Probably, it just like feels less to him as he's doing it. Right. I don't know, but I think that's part of the problem. Like you're asking me, like, what would I do in response to that? Is like, I might like react similar to him and like want to mm-hmm. seek that revenge, which is I think what Kubrick is trying to say about people yeah. as like in general is that right. we would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I I think like that is part of it. He's just throughout the movie, he's just revealing all of our worst traits. Like he's just showing how shitty people are and society and um just kind of well, just kind of like pointing out all of our flaws. I think that's and whatever that writer is right. one example of it. 
Yeah. So then maybe that's also part of the message of the movie is that it's to show that the, the, there's so many flaws in like people and like he's trying to like bring attention to like the flaws of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Um, I there, so we kind of talked about this, but there was there's a lot of like sex and like there's so much phallic imagery and just like like graphic sexual content in the mm-hmm. film. Do you, what what do you think like the main purpose of that is? Is it just to be like we're watching this and it were like them? How would they get satisfaction out of doing it? That we're getting satisfaction out of watching this? Like, is that why there's like phallic imagery in almost every scene of this like movie? Yeah, I think that could be part of it. I think part of it is that like relating violence and sex that he's trying to do. Um, I think. I think also part of it is just that. Like with the whole thing, he's just trying to push the boundaries of what you're allowed to put on film. Um, and like two things, two big things that were taboo before this are sex and violence. So he's just like, well, let's see, let's see what I can get away with, and just like pushes it as far as he can. Um, and yeah, I think that's part. I think it's just like shock value, but I, I agree with what you were saying that. He wants us to to recognize that like they're taking pleasure in these acts, but so are we. And then there's also the idea that like there's uh, attraction and repulsion simultaneously. Like every every sexual thing has violence attached to it, so it's creating that dichotomy that Alex feels when he's watching these things and getting these strong emotions. Um, it's like the same thing that. Kubrick is forcing the viewer like he's performing a Ludovico Ludovico technique on the viewers by making us associate all the sexual acts with violence so like the positive and the negative just like Alex's viewing of these things that he loves is now going to be associated with this pain like Beethoven being associated with crippling Mm -hmm. physical pain yeah no I totally agree with that I think that even extends to what like the audience feels too so like when we're viewing like sexual content, he's merging that with violence, so that when we see the violence, we're getting like, like almost like aroused by it because it's mixed with the sexual content, which is like kind of how Alex thinks. Like when he sees the violence, he's probably getting like aroused in a sense, and so he's making the audience like go into like Alex's mind a little bit and yeah. like see what he sees. So by the end of it, you're like, you don't even you can't separate the two. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I think he definitely wants the audience to sympathize with Alex. It Like, that's that's pretty clear. Um, so do you think that this is this movie is, like, a portrayal of, like, a one, like, fucked up individual, and that is, like, we're supposed to empathize, and he's, like, the purpose of it is to empathize with someone who is so messed up? Or do you think that Alex is just a representation of, like, all of humanity and that we're all actually like him and the purpose of that is by the end we realize that we're like just like Alex. I think it's probably more the latter that like Alex is our I think he's saying Alex is our natural state. Like like these are our innate desires and if society had crumbled to the point where it has crumbled to mm-hmm. in this film like it would be unsurprising that people like Alex exist and perhaps even some of us watching this would be doing the exact same things um and like we don't want to think that and I think that's why he made this because he's like nobody nobody's gonna think that ever so like I'm gonna just through these filmic techniques force you to relate to Alex and empathize with him and like experience the same things he's experiencing and maybe you'll realize that, like, you are at heart similar yeah. to Alex. Yeah, no, I, I think it's that, too. I think by the end you kind of realize that, at, like, at the beginning you think Alex is, like, this psychopath, essentially, and then by the end you kind of realize that he's not too different from what everybody else is and from what everyone else, all the other characters in the film 
like mm-hmm. as well. Like it, when, especially when he gets out of prison, and now he's getting abused by everyone he sees, like the homeless people, like the writer, the police officers, which were his friends. Like all these people are now abusing him back, which just makes you empathize with him more. And yeah, and it shows that these other characters are just as messed up because they're now doing it back to him. Yeah, it also shows that. Alex's idea at the start that violence is power is true because he he was asserting his dominance in his group simply through violence and we sort of think oh like that's not that's not the way to go about it like that's why he's the one who gets left in the dust because he's you know being a terrible leader but then when he gets out of prison you see that everybody is doing the exact same thing, like exerting their power through violence. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you are. That's, that's you how you... Do you agree that, that that's the only way to get power is through violence? No, like, do I don't necessarily like agree with that. Way? I think that, like, violence is power in a lot of ways. Like, state... I, I, I had a class, I don't know, like two, two semesters ago, um, and we talked about how like state sponsored violence like the reason that you have a state is so that you could have condoned violence like the police force and the army are just like legitimized forces of violence so that like in the US if you're a police officer you can be violent and nobody else can and that's how you can control a population so i think mm-hmm. you know violence that's is a main way of having power yeah uh, okay that maybe and so kind of switching gears a little bit do you think that to you can teach someone to learn to hate violence like they did in the film like do you think that is something that is real that you could do not necessarily like brainwash them or like right. do some chemical thing or whatever <laughs> but like in a sense like do you can you like change someone's behavior like if they're like innately violent is that something you can change i don't know it's hard to say i mean i don't think that the way we have like our prison system set up now is gonna successfully do that I, i don't know i think there's also a difference between somebody who is like like violent all the time and somebody who you know, like, snaps and does something violent. Um, I don't know how to make that determination. But I think that people do, like, do have a good side to them. And if they're introduced to the right morals and, like, like if you have certain things that you believe in and you value, you can prevent yourself from from lapsing into violence. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's an innate thing. So, yeah. What, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, no. Can, I, we, can we stop people from being violent? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard because, like, in the movie, they're they're basically saying, okay, you can reduce your jail sentence if you go through this experimental program, and mm-hmm. we'll chemically change you so that you will be cured. So they're basically saying, yeah, it, this is equal to be doing a jail sentence because at the end of your jail sentence, you would be cured. But it's like, I don't know if that's true necessarily in real life. Like, yeah. when people go to prison for, like, 20 years for, like, whatever, and they come out, like, they're not necessarily a changed person. They just have sat there for 20 years wasting yeah. their life. Right. It's just been a punishment. It's not necessarily a way to change yeah. someone's behavior. No, I definitely agree with that. I think, I mean, but at the same time, what they, the Ludovico technique is also not really rehabilitation. It's also kind of a punishment. And they even say mm-hmm. that, like when they're they have the Ludwig playing, and they could have turned off the sound, and they're like, "Well, I guess this is the punishment part." Like they they still have this belief uh-huh. that you need punishment, um, and I think really the only person in the entire film who doesn't believe that punishment is a necessary thing if you've been committing evil is the priest, because he is like actively advocating that that Alex like just needs to be reformed and just needs to keep studying the Bible and you know he's been a good kid so far and he just needs to follow this path and he'll get better um and that was like the only real method of rehabilitation that I I think 
in some ways Kubrick was arguing could work. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that in order to change someone, though, that you need punishment or at least you need consequence? I don't know. I don't think I don't think consequence works all the time. I think that having that that threat of like if you do something bad, like you will be punished can be helpful. Because um, if it was just like you can do whatever you want and there'll be no repercussions, then people probably would just do whatever they want. Um, and you obviously just can't reward people for like not killing people like that just doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. i don't know i think there's there's got to be some sort of line between punishment and reward or punishment and rehabilitation and i don't know exactly what it is right and i think currently like the way all we're like right now at least in like prison systems and like what we're doing is we're just punishing and we're not really like rehabilitating we're just like focusing on like doing time rather than like getting better Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know necessarily if punishment is like the answer to like successfully getting change. And I don't even know if like the prison system is like trying to change people. Like, I don't think it, it is. I think it's, yeah, it's like a, I don't even know if that's their goal. It's just to punish people. Like, in, in the film, they make it, they, they equate like change and like chemical like change to like doing time because like the result would theoretically be the same but i don't think that's what i don't think that's true in real life so it's, it's kind of weird that they i don't know if they equate it though because i think they have the two differing theories i think you have that that prison guard who's just like like he needs he needs to serve his time like he he committed murder he needs to be in here for his 14 years and mm-hmm. like has this very strong stance and when he when he's watching this like presentation about the rehabilitation efforts he is like very much against the rehabilitation and the only reason he's okay with this it seems like in the end is because through this rehabilitation there is still punishment like alex still has to lick some guy's shoe and like that's obviously bringing this prison guard a lot of delight so Mm -hmm. i think that like they're like all of them are believing in punishment rather than rehabilitation um and I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're like equating finishing your jail time with being rehabilitated. I think they're just saying that like you can, you can get out of jail because we're gonna fix you rather than like wasting away, you know? Yeah. So do you think that it's almost more of like a facade that they're setting up? Because they're like they're they're saying like the purpose of this chemical thing is to like change a person. They're not necessarily saying like the end of your jail time like you'll be different so is it almost like saying in real life that jail time is like a facade like we say oh we're trying to rehabilitate people we're trying to change people but really we're just punishing them is it like some sort of statement on that i think that could be but that could be one of the interpretations of it Yeah. yeah yeah i think it might i don't know there's definitely like i think the that is like the main focal point of the second act is like the difference between punishment and rehabilitation. I think each act sort of has its own like themes that it's covering um, mm-hmm. and his time in the prison and in the rehab. I think that like that is the central question is right. are like are prisons places where you go to get punished or are they places where you go to learn from your mistakes and um like what what's the point and i think they discuss yeah. they discuss that too because they like they were saying like pro- prisons are unprofitable and you know it this is pointless they even say like we need room for our political prisoners that like those are the ones we mm-hmm. need to really lock up these ones are just you know they just commit murder it's not that big of a deal like we can let's just fix them and send them back out there um, right that's interesting because i feel like that's almost like a debate people have in real life too is like what is the purpose of jail mm-hmm. is it to change someone and give them a second chance at like life or is it just to they're a bad person we're gonna they're gonna pay for their crimes yeah like i don't care about them getting out so i think that that might just be like starting a debate and that's it's like that second act is just a representation of that debate Mm -hmm. i I, think it's probably split i think half half the people want prison to be punishment half mm -hmm. of people want it to be 
like a place where you can learn from your mistakes. And I think in reality, for the most part, it's just a punishment. Yeah. Now, I, I really like what you said about like how each act is its own like thing that they focus on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really true. Like I feel like the first act was just like blending sexual like or like sex and violence and like how we are like unable to distinguish it by the end. And the second act is about punishment versus change. And then the third act is about how all individuals are like like how Alex is and like mm-hmm. how every character is kind of like just as messed up as he is. Yeah. Which is that's cool. I feel like there's very clear three acts in it and I, they all touch on different things but they all like mm-hmm. cohesively come together yeah especially with the like i mean the the exact parallels of like they beat up this guy in this tunnel and then he gets beat up in the same tunnel yeah or like they beat they go to this writer's house and then he ends up back at the writer's house and they like literally mm-hmm. have the same exact shots like when when he when at first they knock on the writer's door yeah, it's the and same dolly He says pan. the same. Yeah, he says yeah. the same thing. It's the same pan. It's the same exact layout. It's somebody else who goes to get the door. It's that same transition of the shot to that hallway where the door is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Which, yeah. I think that just hammers home like the what is the point of that, and like it, it tells the audience like exactly like okay, this is like a clear parallel to like the first act. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like I, I understand this movie a little bit better. <laughs> I think I, like, <laughs> like what I was going for. Um, but yeah, like, I guess we kind of have to start wrapping up a little bit. But like, I, I really like this movie. <laughs> I really yeah. like what this, um, what the ideas that it brings up mm-hmm. for it. And I agree that it's, it's, it's more, it has rewatchable value to it and like but it, it's more just to like further discussion that we just had yeah. you know and it's not like something i watch because it like it makes me happy to watch like right. it's not like something that I, I enjoy necessarily watching but it's like a good and important to discussion to have about like humanity about mm-hmm. like punishment and change and i think it also fits well in the time period it was made like it feels very much like a modern art piece from the 70s which is kind of what it is like it's just mm-hmm. it's just like this piece of modern art that happens to take the form of a film of who someone who has happened to create commercial blockbuster successes in the past mm-hmm. and i think that's part of the appeal of it that it's somebody who is involved in the industry who's made you know just your standard movie hits past the glory there's like some subversion to it but it's it's more or less like a basic war film spartacus was like a huge box office hit right um and then he's saying like this is this is not what i want to do i want to subvert people's expectations and i want to make meaningful art and make people question their entire value systems i think he does that pretty successfully yeah, no, I agree. And I think people who, like, aren't into film or, like, say, like, oh, film is mainly for entertainment or, like, blockbuster value or whatever like that, I think they should watch this kind of movie because this is, it, this proves that it, it, there's, like, deeper meaning that you can get out of yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and one last question. Mm-hmm. What, what is the meaning of the title? Um, Do you have any idea? Yeah, so I think the the main, I think they explore it more in the in the novel than in the film but it's the the difference between the organic and the mechanical. And I think it speaks to that question of his innate desires and then the, the process to change him. Like his innate organic whatever, the orange, is like his, his desire for violence. And then they're trying to change him through this mechanical process of we're going to administer the drug and, you know, hold your eyes open and, you know, you have this period of... 13 days and we're going to, you know, go through this very mechanical treatment um, and sort of the dichotomy between the organic and the produced. And I think you see that in other aspects too, like sort of the transition between the sort of strewn garbage outside of the apartment and then going into this very tidy, like mm. carefully placed apartment. Right. Um, but yeah, the organic versus mechanical, I think is the main like meaning of the title. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like, pick that up. But okay, that's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, okay, so that kind of wraps it up. Um, 
Would you recommend this movie? I think I, I, think I would, would recommend this movie. Uh, be warned, it is graphic. So, like, yeah, yeah just heads up. It's definitely if you're a lot to handle. It. And but that's kind of the point of it. Is it, it's 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 shown to be a lot to handle. That's the kind of the point of yeah. it. Um, and thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this at like one a.m. So <laughs> appreciate that. Um, yeah, so that wraps it up for this week. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We play some Beethoven to, to um, close it out. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah. During I'll, the transition, I don't know. If you guys... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna pull up some some Ludwig Lud, Lud, Ludwig von, as Alex would like to say. Um, but okay, cool. All right. Well, let me play the nines. Cool. <laughs> All right. Peace, everybody.